everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals. Certainty, we have the tools to reach them, and wealthy on our terms by rigging the game in our favor. And we share it here because we want to help you reach your goal on your terms. You've often been told to buy all these different products from all these different people, often with good meaning. So it's not your fault when you look around and you ask yourself, why am I not where I want to be in my business? And we speak here not as experts. We're merely sharing our journey and building more certainty into our lives and our business. And as then, as then, and as then Nicholson says, the biggest risk is that we don't get what we want out of life. I got my good friend, business partner here in the Wheel Club, Mr. Paul Sparks himself, not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. Guys, if you get value out of the show, please hit that subscribe button right now. That way we can help more people become wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show, The J.G. Wentworth Bias. I want my money and I want it now. So before we get into that, Paul, six word updates. What do you got? Well, uh, hopefully Mr. J.G. Wentworth himself doesn't have a problem with us calling it the J.G. Wentworth bias because that's officially my, I'm coining that phrase for the bias, all right? So that's a nod to J.G. Wentworth. Thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to diving that into that today. My six word update is uh, a phrase that I literally just heard from my coach and mentor, Dr. Jeff Spencer. You guys have probably heard me talk about him. He said this to me just before we got on this call, and I'm like, that's a fantastic six-word update with attribution given. He says, don't press for more to impress. Mm. It's deep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's leading into what I want to talk with about today. So I thought it was yeah. perfectly relevant to what we're going to talk about today. This idea of, you know, it's my money and I want it now. <laughs> uh, my six word update. Investor frame, skeptic frame, not realtor. So we uh, did our whale club call yesterday and uh, and going through the investor frame, knowing what you know today, would you do this again? If not, what would you change? Skeptic frame, what are all the things that can go wrong with this idea? Why is this a terrible idea? And man, if I asked those two questions, I might not have wasted nine years of my life. Hmm. <laughs> so it's not all for it's not all for not, right? I mean, I basically got nine years of experience. That's what I got out of it. There you go. <laughs> not a total loss, Steve. Not a total loss, right? It's like, well, we can we can keep this as a rental. This is what I got. I got I got experience out of this. Mm -hmm. right? It's not a good flip. We'll keep it as a rental. Well, it wasn't a good career move, but you know, at least I got experience out of it. All right. So I want my money and I want it now, Paul. What is the problem here? Man, well, first of all, you know, if you grew up and were born before the year 2000, you probably remember this, you know? Uh, call JG Wentworth 877 cash now. And you have all these people coming on. It's my money and I want it now. You know, I can just hear that. I know that you were born in the, you know, the eighties, nineties or before then you probably remember this jingle. And I just find it really funny how, um, this has manifested itself into the way that a lot of us kind of behave. So the problem that I want to talk about today First is that knowing something doesn't mean necessarily that you don't do it or you do it. Like it, knowing doesn't necessarily translate to your behavior. It's not a knowledge is not immunity. It's not a vaccination. Right. You know, it's sort of like 
we all know, well, just because you, uh, you know how to get a six-pack abs doesn't mean you have one. Just because you know how to, quote, make money doesn't mean you have all the money out there. And so, mm-hmm. again, knowing doesn't necessarily translate to behavior. And uh, that's ultimately the problem is I want to start by this idea that we have goals. You know, a lot of us have goals. We want to make a certain amount of money. We want to live a certain lifestyle. And the J.G. Wentworth bias is this idea that we know we know that we can't have it all right now. You know, it's going to take some time to get there. It's, you know, there's an appropriate pace, I think, to pursue. But what the J.G. Wentworth bias is just because you know that doesn't mean that the emotional side of your brain doesn't take action on yeah but i want it now and we're going to talk about what that means a little bit today but ultimately i want to establish that you know there's really two sides of our brains you know and dr jeff calls this the human mindset versus the champion's mind there's guys like daniel kahneman who have called it system one system two for just ease of conversation let's just refer to this as there's two sides of our brain one is the emotional side and the other is the logical side. Yeah. We got the survival part. And we got the after everything's <laughs> taken care of on the survival side. Kind of like uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. And then, you know, you're saying we know this, right? Like, we've heard this expression how many times? We all tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in one year, but underestimate what we can accomplish in five. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's the same thing here. This is exactly what we're talking thing. about right now. It's like you're trying to get what might take five years. That's an appropriate timeline. You're trying to get it all now. But you don't necessarily always realize you're doing it, right? It's the, it, I'm glad you brought up the Mavslovs, dogs, or whatever. Like the idea that there's a side of your brain that's subconscious, you know? It's like when someone cuts you off in traffic and immediately you're like upset about it. Or... um you see somebody at some mastermind doing something and you get this immediate sense of FOMO or maybe they're farther ahead than me. So I, you know, that's not a logical thing. These impulses, these, these things that we feel it's part of what, again, Daniel Kahneman calls system one. It's part of what Dr. Jeff calls the human mindset. There's different language for this, but again, it's an emotional and almost automatic response and then we know, oh, and then we say to ourselves, oh, don't chase that shiny object, Paul. You know, that's the that's the logical side of our brain. But um, and in fact, actually, yesterday we were listening to um, a guy named Jeremy Davis talk in our whale club call about how he gets frustrated when he sees people on social media sort of like being, you know, over exaggerating their success, almost just pretending to like lie borderline. So there's the, the realtor term here. Right, because it's actually illegal in in the realtor world. It's called puffing. Puffing. Right, when you're puffing your chest, that's actually yeah. something criminal if you're a realtor to to exaggerate your numbers. Um, but yeah, maybe on social media, some of these wholesalers might be proclaiming to do more deals than they really than they're really doing. Yeah, and I mean, and it's like he, his whole point was, well, I feel this way when I see that, and what do I, you know, like. 
my point is, is like, well, that feeling's not going to ever go away. That's like an automatic response. Yeah. That's the emotional side of your brain reacting to something. Mm -hmm. Then you have the logical side that says like, well, maybe just unfollow them. Maybe mm -hmm. like, don't look at that, you know? But again, what I want to get across here is that the emotional side, the system one, the human mindset, it gets first dibs all the time, every time. And just because you know something, the logical side of your brain knows something doesn't mean that the emotional side doesn't have a reaction or mm -hmm. doesn't cause your behavior to change, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we see this anytime. Like, we're, we're, we have someone going through an emotional moment and we explain to them logically how it's not as big a deal as they're making it. Never works. <laughs> right. Um, we were using the example the other day. It's like telling your wife or somebody to just, just calm down, you know? Um, <laughs> Logically, yes, maybe they do need to just calm down. But when you say that to them, they're going to have this immediate and visceral emotional reaction to that. So, yeah, you know, setting up a nuke in your in your own household for no reason whatsoever. Right. And so what happens is we and again, where the J.G. Wentworth bias comes in. I just love saying that phrase. It's just it's awesome. Um, it's like, OK, so we have these goals and you want to have a certain amount of financial success by a certain amount of time. And then what happens is we go to some event and you see somebody talking about some thing. And, you know, this is shiny object syndrome is another way of saying this. Right. And we think to ourselves, Hey, it's my money and I want it now. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can do this thing. It'll close the gap and I'll get that money. You mm -hmm. know, I will take this action and it's and it's a, like a lot it's an emotional response that's led to you then justifying this thing that you then want to do so you know on the emotional side oh hang on before you move forward there and I, I don't mean to interrupt you but like this is the reason why the magic bullet sells so well mm -hmm. the magic pill the magic bullet the silver bullet it all sells so well cuz paul yes just if you could just use this product all your problems are going to go away Right. You know, the word that I'm writing on my board here and circling is the word fear, yeah. right? Um, we're all familiar with the word FOMO, fear of missing out. And I, I truly believe that, and, and this is straight out of Dr. Jeff, is that the human mindset, this emotional side of your brain is driven by fear. Oh, it's yeah. driven by fear. So we're thinking, you know, where, how it shows up to me is feeling like, I'm going to get left behind if I don't take this thing mm -hmm. or feeling like I'm not far enough ahead. If I don't take this opportunity, I'm going to miss out on something. Mm -hmm. And that thing is like the money that I want now, this idea. Right. Yeah. And so that's what it is. It's like when you see these internet marketers, they're triggering FOMO. They're trying to create urgency. They're trying to create fear of missing out. Why? Because we know that that's the strongest emotion. No one likes to, to live in that fear. So a lot of times we take action on something, mm -hmm. believing it to be true, but that's just the emotional side of you reacting. That's not logical. But again, anyone who's listening to this, I can guarantee you can think of an experience that they've had in their life where they had an emotional reaction that caused them to take some behavior that didn't work out in their favor it really wasn't logical you were reacting to what you thought was real but it was just it was just a feeling it was just your own feelings and most of the time i've found at least for me it's fear-based yeah 
Yeah, I mean, we talked about it in the Whale Club, right? The fear of getting left behind. Of all the different fears, like, man, that one, for whatever reason, resonates the most to me. Yeah. So, so I have just a couple of things here. Um, it's sort of like trusting the process, maybe, as a way to say that. And it showed up for me. The J.G. Wentworth bias affected me in a couple ways. One is I was rushing. It, that emotional reaction of like, it's my money and I want it now. It's my dream life and I want it now. It caused me to take on more things because it was like, well, you know, my calendar was just filled to the brim with meeting after meeting after meeting. Why is that? That's fear-based. You're afraid that if you don't take that meeting, if you don't pursue that opportunity, you might miss out on a chance to get the dream life, you know? That's the GG that JG Wentworth bias. And so right. it, it showed up for me as rushing, trying to do too much, not realizing that I was on exactly on track to fund the things that I wanted to in the timeline that I deemed appropriate. And logically, I was on the right track. But emotionally, I wanted it all now. So it caused me to rush. It caused me to like white knuckle inside my business. You know, you're gripping, you're bearing down. And none of that is logical. If you take a step back and you watched yourself from a 30,000 foot view, watching yourself run around inside the business, you'll see that as you're like grabbing at all these opportunities, you can't stay focused. You're trying to do too many things. What is that? That's fear-based. Mm -hmm. You know, your calendar is full because you're afraid to miss out on that opportunity. Um, that's at least what I've observed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's, uh, there's a lot of truth to it, right? Like, um, there's an opportunity, and I need to take advantage of it. I mean, that's the reason why, <clears throat> for me personally, the four lenses has been so powerful. Is that I look at it as like, okay, why, are we, why is this something on our radar? And man, and the last thing I wrote down, only checked one of the four. I was like, we can't. We just can't do this. <laughs> like, this is a great opportunity. We just can't do this. This is not... <laughs> this is... This is and not in line with our mission. This is just a straight money grab. So they, we're not doing this. Sure. Well, let's come back to the four lenses because I want to talk about that. Like, I'm gonna, before the end of the show, I'm going to give like some key takeaways mm -hmm. to help avoid falling victim to the J.G. Wentworth bias. And I'm glad you're saying that because I think it's a great fit into kind of transition this conversation out of the emotional. So like, yeah, there's ways to train your emotions. There's ways to train your instincts. Um, but I'm a, I'm a believer that a lot of that is fairly like hardwired in, you know, you're gonna feel fear because that's like a survival response. You know, we've had this brain that's developed for, you know, a long time, let's mm -hmm. just say, uh, and we have developed these, this fear mechanism to protect us ultimately. Right. But that doesn't really serve us necessarily today in business. It did when we were surviving on the planes and running away from cheetahs. Like we needed that flight or you know fight or flight response to react really quickly. And again, my point is, is we still have that. It's still part of us. It just doesn't really serve us in business very, very right. much anymore. Yeah. So we have to recognize that. The emotional side of our brain is going to do certain things. It's like with Jeremy. You're going to react, man. Like You're going to have a certain reaction to that. Your wife's going to have a reaction when you tell her, just chill out, right? Yeah. Logically, maybe that is the answer. But my point is, is 
we have to start as as it's my opinion that if you want to be a great decision maker, if you want to be a CEO and lead businesses and investments, you have to get good at setting up bumpers for these emotional reactions. We're all human. We don't get to like just opt out of that. It is, you know? Mm -hmm. So what we really need to do is recognize that we need tools and frameworks to work through. So the JG Wentworth bias is a bias that probably most of us deal with. So now what we want to start doing is, okay, what logical things, the emotional side versus the logical side, how do I put some bumpers in place to prevent myself from trying to get it all now, from saying yes to everything out of fear, from white knuckling inside of our business? These are, this is not how a champion plays, you know? And Steve, you and I are basketball fans. So, and we play a lot of basketball. Mm -hmm. What happens when somebody comes onto a basketball court and they're pressing, they're white knuckling, they're trying to force shots? What is you? What usually happens? Um, turnovers, uh, sloppy play, fouls, unnecessary turnovers, poor shot selection, poor field goal percentage. Nothing good. Nothing good. You know. And so what does coach tell you when you're playing? He says, let the game come to you. Mm -hmm. Let the game come to you. You know, um, take what the defense gives you. Right. Work the process. Trust the process. <laughs> Work the process. Trust the process. You can't force it just because it's your money and you want it now. You right. know, I know you want to score that three, but if you keep jacking threes up, in contest, you know you gotta you gotta work the defense. You gotta take what the defense gives you. We play um, we play up to fifteen twos and threes, right? Yep. The worst time is when someone has twelve points because <laughs> there's only one shot they're looking for. Mm. You know, That's really and, good. And I become a phenomenal defender when I know you want to shoot a three because now I don't have to worry about you driving by me. <laughs> so I become a great defender. Because my foot speed is no longer a problem. Okay, first, so you play by twos and threes. We play by ones and twos. In the it's past, always, that's how we, how we always played, yeah. But yeah, this group of guys, they play twos and threes. See, I like. I wish we played twos and threes because I score a lot in the mid-range and like I'm a taller guy. So, you know, the, the, the kids who can jack up threes, like a two, when you play by twos and ones, threes are worth much more mm -hmm. than when you play by twos and threes. That's my preference. <laughs> Anyways, side tangent for those basketball fans. Sorry for yeah. that. Um, but the point was that when they have 12 points, they force the issue. They're, they're forcing right. threes. And right. you're forcing threes. Now it's easier to defend you. And logically, that it's like, well, when you take a step back and you say, well, don't force it, the coach can easily be like, guys, stop forcing the shot. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the game and the urgency starts picking up, I mean, yeah, you can see why people force threes because they want to close that gap. And and again, I think what we're advocating for is, you know, my six word update today was don't press for more just to impress. Maybe you're trying to do it for other people. Mm -hmm. Again, the other one that I was about to do is before Dr. Jeff gave me that was let the game come to you. That was going to be my six word update before he gave me that one. Mm -hmm. Let the game come to you. That's sort of what we're saying here. Um, so logically, that makes sense. But emotionally, we have we have the JG Wentworth bias to contend with. Yeah. We see other people doing something and like, wow, they're getting to their goal way faster. Maybe I should be doing something different. It's working for them. It's not working for hey, me. Hey, it's working for them. Yeah. Maybe it'll work for me. 
you know, uh, if I don't take this opportunity, I might miss it. I might miss out on this opportunity. So I have to, I have to take this. And, you know, I'm just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that's not necessarily reality. That in more often than not is not you correctly reading the field. It's your emotions telling you something that's not true. Yeah. Um, no one's further ahead than you. Like you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Right. We got to read the terrain in front of us. We got to take what the defense gives us and let the game come to you. And so there's a couple things that I want to talk about today. Um, some ways to, to avoid falling victim to the JG Wentworth bias because you're going to experience these things. A champion knows that that's coming. Stop letting it be un, unanticipated. It's mm -hmm. going to come. Find the places where you're vulnerable. Maybe that's on social media. You see people bragging and talking about all the deals that they're doing and and all of a sudden that triggers this sense of like comparison or maybe you're too far behind or maybe it's when you go to a, a an event right and you hear all these people who are telling you all about all the best deals that they've done and every now and then you hear someone tell you about how the bad deal is not going but your brain doesn't really hear that you know mm -hmm. um so i think that there's a couple things we call this the solvable problem you know zoomed out the whole idea is you've got to have a solvable problem to know whether or not we're on track because there is a, there's a certain sense of a real sense of am I on track to fund my goals in the timeline that I deem appropriate, yes or no, right? That informs the level of risk that we want to take on. But again, sometimes uh, – and honestly, Whale Club is the perfect example, Steve, you know – when you look at our sales and you look at the growth of our business, if we do nothing within about a year, we're going to be exactly where we want to be. Mm -hmm. But what does our brain tell us? We're like, maybe we could like do this additional thing. Maybe we could add this. Maybe we could do that. It's like, wait a second. You're literally on track right now. If you do nothing else to fund your goals and to get to the place that you want to in the business and, in a timeline that you said was appropriate like six months ago. Right. But the J.G. Wentworth bias starts creeping. Maybe I can get it faster. Look at all these other people running these groups and coaching products and masterminds. And, man, if I just do what they're doing, I can maybe I can grow this business. I can get there faster. Mm -hmm. This is what we mean by the J.G. Wentworth bias, right. right? And we were fighting this, too. And the answer is do nothing. You're on track. Funny. That's hard. It is because again, this is deep seed. That's why we're talking so much about like um, the human brain and, and the psychology, the psychology of the human, you know, experiences. Like we all, we all feel this. And just cause you know better doesn't mean that you still don't feel that. And that doesn't influence your behavior. Yeah. So you need a mechanism to know whether you're on track to fund your goals. We call that the solvable problem. And to zoom out really high level. Again, I help people, you help people work through this process to, to basically build out a, how, where are you right now? Where are you trying to get to? And what time frame are you trying to get there? And, and are we on track to do that? Yes or no. If we're not, we may need to take a little bit more risk. If we are, let's take some risk off the table. Right. It's as simple as that. Um, so, from a high level, J.G. Wentworth bias, it's going to tell you it's my money and I want it now. And I want it faster. Mm -hmm. 
but we have to use the, the first bumper is like, am I on track? Am I on track to fund my goals? If you don't have a solvable problem, and we use this phrase closer versus more, closer over more, you know, more is like, I want to, I want more time with my family. I want more money. I want to do more deals this year. I want to travel more. I want to eat healthier. None of that means anything. It's all just more. If you haven't defined what success looks like, how do we know whether we're on track to get there or not? You don't. Right? You don't. So we've got to first convert our goals. You know, that's I the the smart goals. We all heard that. What is it? Specific, measurable, attainable, uh, relevant, relevant. and time, time frame, bound. something like that. Time, time bound. bound, yeah. I mean, we're not saying anything really too dissimilar than that. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a time frame on it. And then let's measure what like percentage return. How much money do we need to make per year or keep per year or whatever to be on track to fund that? Everybody's different, but that's step one. If you want to avoid the JG and Wentworth bias, it's you got to get clarity on where are you and where are you trying to go. Right. Um, so that's the first one. Anything to add to that? No, I think that's, that's I think that's a great bumper. Yes or no? Are we on track? Yes or no? So if you can't answer that question, or if that question seems a little like, you know, maybe you kind of know, but you don't have like, if you can't pull that out, you know, within five minutes of me talking to you and show exactly where you are, you probably need to more clarity on that. Mm -hmm. Again, it's hard to get what you want if you don't know what you want. Right. You know, so put some put some numbers and some dates to it. You know, when you say I want to be healthier this year, I want to read more, I want to exercise more, I want to travel more, I want to make more money, more, 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 more. That's not a solvable problem. You have to have something that's solvable in the first place. Well, yeah, and the other problem too, right? And just in in, in solvable problem, the reason why we're all constantly dissatisfied is because if we're chasing more, then the goalpost has to keep moving. Right, because yeah. if we're not growing, then we're failing. So we have to keep moving the goalposts to define success, and that's what leads to the gap in the gain challenge. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So the next thing really is what I call appropriate timelines, appropriate pacing. It means Rome wasn't built in a day. Maybe is another way to say that. Mm -hmm. It's like, and it's unreasonable to think that you could do that. So what's a reasonable time frame and an appropriate pace to get there? Um, and if you've got clarity on that, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe think of it like this. I hear people that, you know, they're like, I want a hundred rental properties. That's a whole kind of different story. And mm -hmm. like my better question would be like, what do you want from the rental properties? What is it you're trying to get from that? But they say, I want I want a hundred rental properties in the next year or two years or something like this. I'm like, great. How many do you have now? Like three. I'm like, <sighs> I'm all for setting big goals, but they need to be appropriate mm -hmm. with appropriate timelines, yeah. you know? Uh, and I just, just because you've seen someone that's done it before doesn't mean that that's appropriate, you know? Um, dare I say, maybe they got lucky, right? Mm -hmm. I think we we underestimate the uh, the um, impact of luck when we win, and we overestimate it when we lose. Yeah, means like, hey, we won, we we did really well, 
yeah, that wasn't luck. That's because I made good decisions and I was in the right place and I knew the right people and yeah, yeah, yeah. But when deals go bad, it's like, oh, that was bad luck. Yeah. Well, and they go back to the hundred doors thing. Like, yeah, maybe they have a hundred doors. Uh, but A, we don't know how happy they are that they have a hundred doors. Right? Not to say that they're unhappy. We just don't know how happy they are. And then B, when you, ha when you set an aspiration, you set a number, right? When we're, we're naming that puppy, you don't know how happy you're going to be with 100 doors. Yeah. You don't know how happy you're going to be with 20 doors. Right? So let's get to 10. Then see if we still want 100. Get to 30. See if we still want 100. And get to 100. But yeah. this is the problem is we don't, you know, there's not a lot of things that Grant Cardone does that I do like. Um, but one of them that I do is the 10x rule. Everything is 10 times harder than you anticipate it's going to be. So like, yeah, I want hundred doors, but you don't, and he's like, here's what it's going to take to get here. Here's all you got to do. Here's all the systems we're going to need. It's like, you haven't done it yet. You don't know all the systems you're going to need. You have an idea because uh, you can see what these other guys are doing, but you don't really know how you personally are going to like it. And that's the reason why we buy so many properties from tired landlords. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. You think that you want something because you see somebody else doing it. That's fear-based. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's fear-based. Um, so good point, Steve. The, the, the first, the first takeaway, if you're listening, you know, and want to, to take some action items is get a solvable problem, get clarity on how much money do you actually need to fund the life that you want on your terms and on your timeline. And where are you relative to that? How close are you? We want to start talking about closer, not more, right? So that's the first thing is get a solvable problem. I think, the second is a phrase that Dr. Jeff uses us with us all the time. He says the number one word in a champion's vocabulary is what? Restraint. Restraint. I hate that word. I know. It's hard. I'm getting and getting more familiar with it. We're building a better relationship, the word and I. But you know, it's like it's it's not as bad as the word compliance, but it's, you know, there. <laughs> compliance is a that's a terrible word. <laughs> Manny, scrub that out of the, uh, the <laughs> bleep that out if you could for us. Um, so yeah, the number one word in a champion's vocabulary is restraint. It means you have to learn how to say no. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to um, recognize that your JG Wentworth bias mm -hmm. is going to say that it's my money and I want it now. It's my dream life. I want it all right now, but that's not reality. You got to show restraint against that. Yeah, You got to have appropriate pacing and appropriate timelines. You know, again, I reference Dr. Jeff all the time because he's been a huge influence in my life. First of all, if y'all are listening and you want to learn more about Dr. Jeff, I think it's Dr. Jeff Spencer, drjeffspencer.com. Um, you can check out this guy and learn more about him. Uh, and sorry, I lost my train of thought. Number one word is restraint. Um, gosh, I just went blank for a second. Well, while you're getting your thoughts, just real quick, uh, you know, for those of you guys that watched the previous episode, the GI Joe bias, right? The GI Joe bias, meaning knowing something does not mean you're uh, immune from, from it, right? And we, we touched on that a moment ago, but this is not something like, you know it, you never, you never have to worry about it again. It's really, you know it, now that you know it, you recognize it at some point, and over time, as you develop this muscle, you'll recognize it sooner. It's like, oh, JG went with bias again. That's right. Okay, remember what I was going to say. Uh, I love, first of all, love the JG went with bias. Just because you know the that you struggle bias, with this. 
Uh, yeah, uh, G.I. Joe. Just because you know you struggle with something doesn't mean you're immune from struggling with it. You know, knowing is not going to enough to translate to your behavior. But, you know, he tells me this story all the time about he's like, Paul, you know who the most likely to wreck the Formula One car is in Formula One? You know who the most likely is to wreck it? The rookie. Why? Because they don't quite understand the bounds. They don't quite know how fast they can take that turn. They're pushing their limits. They're pushing their boundaries. And they're always the one that wrecks the car. Right? Mm -hmm. And so part of what means to go from a rookie into a more experienced driver or investor or entrepreneur is recognizing that the worst thing you can do is crash the car. Mm -hmm. You know? There's an appropriate pace that we want to approach this with, and that requires restraint. And I think that's a, that's a sign of maturity. Yeah. Right. So, gosh, maybe this is way too direct to say if you're saying yes to every opportunity on your plate, if your calendar is booked up from 8, a, you know, 8 a.m. in the morning till 5 p.m. in the afternoon with every single opportunity you're pursuing, you're you're per, you're pressing on every single thing. You might be a little bit like the rookie uh, IndyCar driver. Yeah. And just remember that the number one word is restraint. It's not that it's it's about saying yes to the right things. Right. And saying no to most everything else. So that's a tough lesson. It was a tough lesson for me to learn. It's mm -hmm. why we joke and we say, like, I don't really like that word because naturally, <laughs> like the the, you know, the hard wiring, the human mindset is like mm -hmm. faster. Let's do more. Let's get there faster. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's one thing when someone tells, you no. It's another thing when you have to look at it and exercise your strength and say no yourself. It's easier tough to swallow but it is easier when someone else tells you no right mm -hmm. but when you have to look at it and it's like but this but i can do this no because the cost of pursuing that is hurting something else mm -hmm. yeah and i will say this uh one of the things i was i had on here one of the takeaways is i was a little bit of a counter to that so Back here, I got a book, uh, The Laws of Human Nature. Robert Greene, he wrote The 48 Laws of Power. Um, you know, this is, <laughs> his writing is not exactly, <clears throat> excuse me, PC. No. Um, but what I love about Robert Greene is he's got all these laws, he's got all these principles, and you read an entire chapter about why this law is true, examples, case studies, case and points, all this stuff. Then you get to the very end of the chapter, and he says, Okay, now here's why this is not true. And here's the cases where this isn't true. So first of all, like none of this is um all nothing is always right in every circumstance, mm -hmm. right? Like some there's exceptions to the rule, as I guess what I'm trying to say. Uh but what I want to bring up now is that you know, actually you and I talked about this on this call this week. I proposed this to the team. I was like what's the, you know, focus versus an open loop? How do you balance that? How do you balance this idea of staying focused on what we know to be true and remaining open to the infinite number of possibilities that could also help us get where we're trying to go faster, right? The problem is, though, is that we go all in on these infinite possibilities. So what I'm trying to suggest is that you can stay focused on what we know that works. We're on track. Keep doing the things. We call this barbells. It's another way of saying this. It's like 
building reliability and going after what we know to be true and playing what Dr. Jeff calls a soft offense with these other things. It means it's okay to lightly press on some opportunities, take some really small steps to explore these other possibilities and options. But it's when we subscribe to this, take massive action on this thing. And you're like, you see somebody doing land entitlement. And then four days later, they're like, yeah, I, I went and built all these SOPs out. I did all this sort of stuff. And yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, man, you're, you're, you're pressing, you know, mm -hmm. you're going all in on something until we've gotten data to support that that might be a yeah. better route. So you over invested time into something that you didn't even know you were going to do or not. That's right. And it's all human mindset, emotional yeah. based, right? You see this it's fear-based. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I guess what I'm saying is it's a little bit of both. You've got to have focus on what we know to be true and hold this open loop and explore things. Mm -hmm. We call it a soft offense. We call it micro-stepping. It means you can lightly press on some of these opportunities and see what gives. Because the takeaway that I wanted to have here is be willing to change your mind. Don't be so fixed and rigid on exactly how it needs, how you thought it was going to be. Right. So this is like the Robert Greene, the opposite of what I'm saying, right? It means as long as you're on track, it's okay to do nothing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, stay open to the infinite possibilities that you may not have been aware of yesterday that are going to come up and be someone that's willing to change their mind when you have the data to support that, right? It means don't make impulsive decisions, but be willing to change your mind. Oh, yeah. And it's this, I mean, I can say, you know, for myself, like, okay, well, we're going to focus on the sales thing. We're not going to pursue these other opportunities. And you find out that you play basketball with a guy that, you know, co-founded a company that did really well on Wall Street. Um, and you find out that uh, you meet a person at an event who's like, hey, I like what you do. I like the way you carry yourself. Let me introduce you to all these other private equity firms and family offices. Like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to focus on the sales thing here. Like, you're not helping, right? But what do we do? We soft press, see what's there. And we like the way that goes, we can evaluate. But we're not making drastic changes or commitments. Let's bring this back to basketball. Yeah. It's it's the definition of taking what the defense gives you. You know, yeah. you might have this move and like, you know, it works. It works. And you know you can get by that defender. But then he cuts you off. And so you try you try a different move, mm -hmm. right? The one that you've been fiddling around with in practice. Right. And I guess that's my point is it's okay to to be focused and follow what you know to be true while also holding what you're saying like every now and then you're going to be given this opportunity and don't have your head buried in the sand. Yeah. You know, be yeah, willing thinking, to change your mind. For me, the tried and true is a catch and uh catch and shoot, that's a tried and true. But every once in a while they're sprinting to to contest, take what the defense gives you. You adjust. Right. Wide open layup. Swing to someone else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just imagine like how bad of a basketball player you'd be if you're like, I only have one move. It's like the NBA, you mm -hmm. know, like 2K 
you know, whatever. And like you try this same move and the bat and the guy cuts you off and you just keep, you know, glitching <laughs> at him. It's like, dude, that's not how you play basketball. You have to read the terrain and take what the defense gives you. So my example, when I used to do this in sales training, I don't use this anymore. Poor guy. Um, so I always talk about take the, what the defense gives you. Like the best example is Le'Veon Bell, right? He just took what the defense gives him. And on the opposite end of the spectrum is every Cardinals running back in the history of our franchise, right? They just see the offensive lineman has not created the hole and they'll still run to that hole that doesn't exist. That's forcing the issue. But the other side of that is Jokic, <laughs> who has the same move, man. You can't beat that little flip jump hook that mm -hmm. he's got. And so he goes to that over and over and over and over again because he knows that if he makes that, like we're going to win the game most of the time. So yeah. everything else, you know, I don't up. want this to come across as like contradictory. Mm -hmm. It can be both, you know, it can be yeah. both. Yeah. Be so, receptive. Listen, but don't make drastic changes. Do a soft press when, when certain opportunities present themselves. That's right. Last thing I want to talk about is, uh, well, I guess there's two, really two things and I'll cover them quickly. Uh, we use this phrase, play your game, you know, it's the same reason why they, with racehorses, they put blinders on them because it's really hard to just stay focused and run your race. You know, let the internal source of what you like and what you're good at and, and what like draw you to the next thing, the next decision. Let's not look at external people and make a decision on, well, I like what they're doing. Well, I like what they're doing. And, I just think that's the backwards way to do it. It's the ultimate, what we say, play your game. Yeah. It means if you're a shooter, shoot. If you're a post player, play in the post, you know, like play to your strengths and stop worrying that this other guy is a great dribbler. It's like, look, that's not you, man. Like you're a, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a, I'm like a four, like a three or a four, you know, my, my game, is, I know my game and I don't try to, be the guy that's like taking the guy down in the post or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a one dribble, get my shot up, you know, kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, I know my game. And I guess that's what I'm saying is it's okay to play your game in business. It's the fastest way to success. It's the fastest way to um, loving what you do also. And uh, it's really easy to let the JG Wentworth bias of like, I want to get there faster so therefore, let me also try to be a point guard and mm. let me also try to play in the post and get rebounds. And let me also do this. It's like, man, if you think about that in terms of basketball, you'd be a you'd be a psychopath running all over the place. It's like, yeah. dude, slow down, stay in your lane, let the defense come to you and play your game. We want you to take your shots. And so I think that's really, you know, we can just leave it there. Yeah. I was going to say the last one is set up bumpers. You know, put some things in your life to keep you from falling victim to that. You know, know where you're weak, know where you're have awareness to know where your where your biases show up. Mm -hmm. Right. And figure out how you put some bumpers in place. It's like, you know, don't bring the ball up the court, you know, get out of the post. You're not a post player. Like whatever those bumpers need to be for you so that you can avoid falling victim to all these things that we've talked about, these emotional responses, put some bumpers in place. Yeah. Yeah. That was simple. Right. Like, again, summation here. Beware of FOMO or fear making you take unnecessary steps, but also at the same time, be receptive 
two other possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I can just, I'll run through them real quick. First is have a solvable problem. If you don't have a solvable problem, we can't tell whether we're getting closer or not. We have to know whether we're getting closer. Otherwise, you're just chasing more and that's not solvable. You'll never get there, yeah. right? You'll never get there if it's just more. The second thing is show restraint. It means um, it's okay to, to go to your main move that you know that works, right? Even though uh, there's probably other cool moves that other people are doing, it means show some restraint. Um, and, you know, think about the IndyCar driver, right? The, we're using so many references today. I don't know if I'm like mm -hmm. being way over the map, but point is, is show restraint. The number one word in a champion's vocabulary is restraint. But also number three, be willing to change your mind when presented with new information. Yep. Be someone that updates their uh, operating system when new information presents. I mean, that makes total sense logically, but emotionally, that's what we're really talking about is how do we wrestle with this on the emotional side? Yeah. The, the fourth thing would be play your game. It means like, you know, you have strengths, lean into those and don't worry that somebody else has a different strength than you. It's okay that they're playing their game too, man. Wish them the best and like stay in your lane. And then the last thing is set up bumpers, figure out where you're weak so that you can avoid falling into these traps because you're going to feel certain ways. That's the emotional side of your brain. It's there to protect you, but it's also not necessarily serving you in business in all cases. Right. No. So um, consider that as you're thinking about, you know, the JG Wentworth bias. Hopefully that catches on. I don't know. I think it's <laughs> hilarious. You know, it's my money and I want it now. Yeah. I mean, that's the every entrepreneur. So perfect. So I hope you guys got a lot today. Hope you guys can take some action. If nothing else, just know that you're vulnerable to the JG Wentworth bias. So that's it. We'll wrap up here. See you guys next time.